McNulty stunning for anyone to get up off Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, for Bobby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle. For McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bobby. Smashes it past McCormack. Won by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bobby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe, nonchalant, fantastic, brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi fans and welcome to the PO Forecast Special Edition. Today I've got with me returning guest Andy Mitchamore. Andy, great to have you on the show as always. Always a pleasure to be here mate. Indeed and obviously people who are listening to the show have probably realised already uh, joining us on the show is a mega guest, probably the best guest we've had on the show so far. So no pressure, David Norris. <laughs> thank you guys, thank you. Glad to be here too. Yeah, no, David, absolutely Thank you for coming on the show, as we said. Um, really appreciate it. And I know the people listening, um, you know, providing questions. So we'll just get into it now. Yeah. So, um, so we're not going on too long. So first of all, obviously, I just want to uh, thank Danny from AMT Sports for helping set this up. Um, yeah, he's been an absolute star. Um, I know he knows you yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good yeah. Top lads. And yeah, guys, check him out. Um, AMT underscore sports on Twitter. All right. Cool. So let's go into it. So just before you got to to Boston, you know, where I say maybe it's the first semi-pro pro club you joined. Um, I just want to know a little bit about how you actually managed to get to that point, really, because, you know, I had some techers when I played youth football. Yeah. Uh, I sort of stopped at the sort of the, the, the local club level and there wasn't really a path forward. So did your dad help you or, you know, how did you get into football in that sense? Yeah, um, I, t- I guess these days it's through, you know, uh, the, a different route. Um, I was playing, uh, I was still at school doing my GCSEs, but I was starting to play semi-professional football at Stamford, uh, which was, I'm from Peterborough, it's just uh, 10, 15 miles down the road from me. Um, so I was playing semi-pro there. Uh, I'd had a couple of sniffs to go to clubs when I was a bit younger. Um, my dad wasn't really that keen or interested in letting me go and wanted me to do my school and stuff like that. Um, he always used to just say, look, if you're good enough, you'll make it eventually. So, you know, as frustrating at times as that was for me, um, yeah. we, we, we went with that, you know, I, I did my GCSEs, uh, I stayed on, I did my A-levels. Um, and then I took, um, I said, I want to take a year out before if I was going to go to university, take a year out and give the football a go. By this time I was playing at Boston. I went from Stamford to Boston with Steve Evans, who was the manager. And then, um, obviously went on to manage Rotherham and Leeds, uh, and so I was playing at Boston and um, I just remember going into them games. Uh, I was doing well at the time I'd, because I would then took the year out. I had a bit more chance to work on my fitness and, uh, and my own individual stuff as well as working part time. Uh, but I used to go into them games and you'd go in and just as the en- entrance, there'd be loads of scout tickets up and there'd be like 15, 20 every game. And I just used to think, surely one, one of these is going to is going to take a chance on me. Uh, and like I said, I was doing well at that time. I was scoring quite a few goals and um, yeah. It just came about from then. Bolton came in 
um, initially and showed some interest. Uh, I went down there for a week uh, off-season just to do some training. And then I started the season at Boston, doing really well. Uh, and then in January, Bolton asked me to go back down again, this time with the first-team reserves. Um, had a re- good week's training, then did a reserve, played a reserve game and just had one of them games where everything was just coming off. Um, you know, coming from non-league, we played against Leeds reserves, but they had a strong team that day. And it was just one of them games, a really good game. I think it was 3-2. I think I'd set a couple up and everything went really, really well for me. Um, and I just remember Sam Allardyce, manager at the time, he just said, look, if he plays like that again, we'll, we'll take him. Um, and to be honest, I'd have done ever so well to have played that well again. You know, just a thing the yeah. next game. But, but at half-time, Hibbs manager Alex McLeish came in to the Boston manager, Steve Evans, and just said, look, we'll take him. And it kind of forced Sam nice. to say yes or no, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and so the bit of luck you need, yeah. And Sam said, right, we'll take him. Um, and that was it. You know, and the, the following week, I was, I was on my way up to Bolton. Were you expecting it to be that sudden? Because um, Bolton were Div 1 at the time, weren't they? So modern championship. Were, yeah. you, were you half expecting to, to suddenly jump up? Because so many players, especially now, have to grind their way up through League 2, League 1, and, you know, hopefully catch someone's eye in one of the in the Premier League or the Championship. But were you surprised to, to suddenly make that leap in terms of being signed by a, a bigger side? Yeah, I, I think I was, yeah. Um, I wasn't really, to be honest, at that time I wasn't interested in who it was. I just wanted to be a full-time professional footballer. Uh, but when, I was, when I'd gone up to Bolton um, they'd, they'd, and seen the facilities to set up the first team, mm. just, you know, I was then like, wow, this is, this is huge. You know, this is a big jump up. But at that yeah. time, I, I didn't really have much fear. Um, I was coming from non-league. I had nothing to lose. And it kind of, you know, it didn't, I didn't go in there too nervous. I just went in there and said, right, give it a go. If not, I'll go back to Boston. I'm enjoying it there and maybe something else mm. will come. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a big step. And I think once I got there, I realised, wow, just how big that step was. Yeah. And, and obviously then from there on, you went out on a couple of loans, didn't you? So you went out yeah. to, to Hull City um, yeah. then, and then on to Plymouth as well. And yeah. you, you ended up sort of settling at Plymouth, didn't you? Um, on a sort of a permanent transfer. Yeah. Was, was that when you really thought, I've made it, you know, have you sort of had that sort of security even? Yeah, I think um, when I was at Bolton, it, it, I'd gone in there, I was raw, probably a little touch overweight. And it just, it was the perfect club at the time just to set me on my way is because Sam was big into all the backroom stuff and the small percentages of fitness and body fat and all of this. And it just, yeah, professional, it, it wasn't like I'd, I'd gone from and worked my way up to the leagues and it got better and better. I'd pretty much gone in. They were operating like a premiership setup. Um, and so it really got me switched on to being like, well, this is what it's all about. And the only thing missing was them playing regular football and, my first season there, they got promoted to the Premier League and then it was going to be mm. very, very difficult for any of us younger lads to get a real chance, obviously, with them just mm. needing to stay up. And so then when I did go on loan, I had a touch of uh, a few games with Hull at the end of one season and I thought, yeah, I like this. So the start of the next season, I was looking to try and get out. Um, I'd played a lot of reserve team football at Bolton and then Plymouth came in and it just escalated from a one month to a two, to a three, to a permanent deal. No, that's cool. And obviously, you played quite a few games at Plymouth, didn't you? Was it two? I looked it up, and I might be completely wrong where I get my stats from, but it's like two hundred and twenty um, or something like that, wasn't yeah. it? It was a huge amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, it was. I, it was. Um, it was. It was a great. You know, a perfect start for perfect first place to go. Um, you know, looking back. 
But, you know, you need a lot of luck in this game. And when I think back now, you know, now I'm finished, I'm retired and I look back at things. My first game there, um, a bit nervous, new surroundings, new setup. um, And I scored the winning goal in a 1-0 victory. And I just think we could have lost that game 4-0. I could have been dragged at half-time, never really recovered, sent back to Bolton. And who knows where I would have ended up. But Mm. that almost just looking back set me on my way it gave me such a massive confidence everyone then knew a bit more about me and I never really looked back from there who was the goal against crew crew do you remember that yeah, goal properly then yeah mm. yeah like it was a, a standout moment you know you probably got five or ten standout moments of of your career of, of, of maybe like big moments or turning points and looking back I just think that for that to happen on that first game just it really did just set me on my way <laughs> So, uh, yeah, as you say, playing time-wise, probably the, the largest proportion of your career was at Plymouth. Um, yeah. And I, Am I right in saying that you visited Home Park at the end of the season, just gone? I, thought, I saw something on Twitter yeah, that you went down right. there. Yeah. Um, do you still follow them, I'm assuming? And uh, if yeah. so, I guess, what were your thoughts on the season just gone? Because obviously they had quite a difficult season that's just finished. Yeah, ob- yeah well, obviously getting relegation, um, it, was, it, it was sad to see. And yeah, I got invited down to the last game of the season and because I'm still playing semi-professional I couldn't get down any other time but our season finished the week before so I said I, I can get I'll get, make it down to that game um, but it was really nice for me you know like to go back and get you know the ovation and uh, uh, and you know the return from the fans that I got it, it was it was really really good uh, and then it was just a shame that you know they're just getting the new stand done and yeah um, you know everything's going the right way but they've dropped a league and, and that league's going to be a difficult one to get back out of. As we know, yeah, it's tough to yeah, get out of. Yeah, the game. yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, so it, it was a real shame, and it looked like I mean they should have they sh- they should have had they should have had it wrapped up, you know, and and, and been safe. Uh, they mm. just went on an awful run towards the end and never really got out of it. But, but really, if they'd strung three or four wins during that period, they'd have been comfortable. Mm. Yeah, it all came down to the final day, didn't it? Was it was it Scunthorpe the, the game you were at? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And that was a controversial game, wasn't it? They scored a goal, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been interesting because it was Plymouth needed results, other results to go their way, and and they didn't. But if they had, and it was down to that, it, you know, and that would have ended up costing them. Wow. Even yeah, me, me watching it, I was getting angry, really and I was thinking, Yeah. Oh my god, if I was on the pitch now, there's no way I'd be able to hold hold back here. Yeah. I'd have to go after that lad there. Um, <laughs> yeah. verbally or physically or something I, my, my head was gone watching it let alone if I was on the pitch I don't think he'd be allowed to leave really by the Plymouth fans <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no he'd have been in all sorts of trouble a nice one then you you sort of um, you moved on to Ipswich didn't you um, you had three seasons there um, they're a massive club aren't they and they've just they've yeah. just dropped down into into League One with Pompey um, do you reckon they've got the ability have you, have you kept track on them to go up next season because it's a shame they've dropped down, really. Yeah. Yeah, massive. Going from Plymouth to Ipswich was another huge jump back back up the other way, where the facilities, the setup, and everything was was just like unbelievable setup. It's a Premier League setup. Yeah. But yeah, it's and I still follow them. I mean, you know, to be honest, of all the clubs I played for, it's the the ones I had most success or followed closely would still be Plymouth, Portsmouth, and Ipswich. Um, yeah, you know, I, I had, you know, longer spells at the other two, uh, and then I just had a really, you know, one of them years that I really, really enjoyed at Portsmouth, despite what happened. Um, and so I still follow Ipswich. Yeah, I still keep an eye on their results. And I, again, it's just a shame what's happened to them. 
Yeah, and uh, I think that you look at the sort of players they sign in there. You look at they've got the likes of um, James Norwood in from Tranmere, who he, yeah. he looks absolutely clinical. I think that um, I think he's going to he's easily do it at League One level as well. The style yeah. he plays, I think he's going to step up and, and be massive for them. Yeah, um, maybe if they get a centre back or, or two, I think that maybe that's needed. I don't know. Just watch them yeah. in the championship. Um, uh, maybe another a centre back, and you know, I think they'll be they'll be there or thereabouts next season. I think so. Yeah, I think the the recruitment in the summer will be massive for him, and and also, you know, adjusting to that league where it is going to be a little bit more nitty gritty. I mean, uh, there is some big teams still in that league, so it's not going to be easy for him at all. But I think with the right recruitment, you know, that you'd expect him to be right up there uh, with with some of the other big teams. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, completely. And then obviously you moved on um, and you signed for us. Yeah, yeah. I was, trying to, I was trying to get to us all around the country. I was from. Southwest to all the way over to Ipswich <laughs> to back down to the south to back up north. So that was my next stop. Yeah. Is, what were the actual reasons for, for you choosing Pompey then? You say, I mean, you joke that you were moving around the, the entire country, but it was reported that you were offered a deal at Ipswich that was, that was two years, whereas Pompey were obviously in quite an unstable position at that point. It's probably a cliche question that you got asked at the time, but why, why Pompey rather than some more stability where you were? Um, it... It was a difficult one. Uh, I'd spoke to Steve Cotterell, um, and obviously Portsmouth was was a big team still. You know, at that time they were they'd done well in recent years, despite what had happened. Uh, you know, and I'd spoke to Steve Cotterell, liked what he had to say. And the thing with Ipswich is they had every chance to sign me, so you know it was like I'm happy to stay. I want to stay. You know, can we get something done? And it dragged on and on and on until the very last minute. But at that time, I thought I can't keep waiting because it had gone past when the time when I could speak to clubs, and uh, and so I didn't know I had no stability from Ipswich. Yeah. So then once I started speaking to other clubs and I spoke to Steve, you know, then I thought, oh, I like the sound of this. This sounds like it's promising. It looks like they're going to restart and have another good go again. And so it was just really Ipswich dragged it out and didn't make a move on it. And then I wasn't sure what they were really thinking. I didn't want to get to the end of the season. By this time, I was playing, you know, with with, with no stability. Um, yeah. And so once I started speaking to other clubs and and and, and Steve in particular, but uh, it was it was um, you know that it sort of made my mind up um, that that was what I wanted to do. But it was it was funny because I had uh, I had spoke to Steve, so I'm allowed to speak to clubs. But the easiest time at that time it just worked out was the day before Ipswich played Portsmouth. <laughs> now if I was playing, I would have just said, look, no, I'm. I'm not going to do it for a game. It's not quite right. Um, you mm. know, that's just uh, we'll, we'll do it another time. We'll catch up. I'll come and see. You. We'll meet up. But I was injured at the time. I was just coming back, so I thought, well, I'm not going to be playing. They're just down the road. I'll pop down, have a cup of tea with him, uh, and have a chat and just see what he's got to say. So I've gone down there, met him, spoke to him. It was all good. Uh, liked what he had to say. I think he got a good vibe off me from what was said afterwards. Um, and that was it. I went back to to which turned up for the game the next day. Didn't have a wash bag, no no kit, no nothing. And then just named the squad. And then I was, <laughs> I, I was starting. <laughs> oh, no. oh my god! Oh. How did you react to that? Uh, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh no, Steve's gonna think I've well had him off here. I'm not playing. Don't worry about it. I won't say nothing. And and then yeah, and I was just starting. And when he seen me, he sort of looked at me as if to say what's going on here but <laughs> I had no idea at that time that I was I think they were just going to give me 60 minutes 45 or 60 minutes to get me yeah. some game time back and, and, and they decided right just chuck him in here and we might as well get, get him some game time but I had like I said I didn't even take my wash bag or nothing to the game Did you, did you go and speak to him after the game or did you do it another time? 
No, no, no. I don't. I just. I didn't speak to him after. I spoke to him like a little bit. After that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I let that one call off. Yeah, no. He seemed genuinely. I mean, I was looking at the quotes from when Pompey signed you. He seemed genuinely buzzed to to have signed you from Ipswich. He seemed genuinely quite excited. I think because his hand had been pretty well tied in terms of signings. Yeah. Like he seemed genuinely quite excited to get you into this into the starting eleven straight away. Yeah, yeah. When I spoke to him, he seemed he seemed dead keen. I think he wanted, obviously, the players that Portsmouth had had were on mm. were on like big dough and had come from the, the top league and and down and stuff. And it was almost like they they had to almost restart as much as they could with some of the players obviously not being able to leave or or, or still under contract. But for him to bring in players, I think he was looking at a new start. You know, hungry players who wanted to do something and. I think I fitted that bracket uh, category, come under that category, and along with a few others, I think he was quite excited about turning things around there. No, that's, that's, I think it's it's one of those things, isn't it? And we were talking to um, the Pompey fans, and I mean, I was I was remember you signing, and I was you know really excited myself, and um, that's obviously justified. I think from stats wise, you went on to score was it eight goals that season? Yeah, um, and you were actually Pompey's top scorer. Yeah, going to stats from that, yeah. so it was um it was a lot better in in that sense. But um, Rob, one of one of the guys um who you know tweeted in, he asked me to ask you about that goal. He said, "You make sure you ask about that goal." So we'll get into we'll get into that. How did you? What was going through your head at the time when you when you hit that famous goal? You know, we're two one down um, against that lot down the road, and you've hit it. Um, it's an absolute. Well, it's something that's always stuck in my mind since I was growing up, and I just think it's yeah. something that people just want to know. How were you feeling when you when you hit that ball? You look so confident when it, yeah. when it came off your foot. It was one of those. Was it one of those ones you just feel is going in? I think so because I, I mean I can I can remember it like almost quite clearly, and the ball had a lot of spin on it. The way it'd come off the two people that jumped to for header to header it together and then spun back up into the air, it it was spinning sideways. So it wasn't just a flat ball to hit. So yeah. They go into row Z nine times out of ten. And my first thought was just to volley it back into the box and try and cause some trouble and see if it bounces for us or something. And if you see it back, I have a little look. And as the ball's in the air, I look away from the ball, have a little look, and then there's nothing. And then as it goes back up and I just think, just just hit it. And like I said, 99 times out of 100 even, they'll just go anywhere. And it was just one of them that... You know, the connection was good, and as soon as it hit my foot, like I knew that it had a good chance. So, yeah. where, where would you say that ranks in career moments? Bearing in mind you're on a, a Pompey podcast, no, I mean, would you, <laughs> you go from from sort of zero to a hundred in terms of well, legend status? I guess at a club, it's, we're what ten years, almost ten years on, and it's still the most the most referred to thing that people got in touch with us about when we said you were coming on the pod. Really? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Where, where does it rank in your career? I guess. Top. Yeah. Top. And I've said that in many an interview since even like retiring and stuff. It's the single best feeling I've ever had, um, you know, in, in my career, in, close to in my life, to be honest. Uh, that initial burst, because I, I, I don't, I'm normally excited and, and happy, and, but I totally lost my head. I was running, I was shouting, I don't even know what I was shouting, but I was shouting <laughs> something. And I just kept shouting it and shouting it. And I just ran all the way straight into the crowd, jumped through the stewards, just straight into the, into the crowd. But that, Split second, you know, initial feeling of, of of something like that, you know, there's 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 nothing better, nothing will nothing will beat that. It was um, it was unbelievable for me, and it was the whole the whole build up to it all of, you know, 
when I went into that game, you know, it was almost as bad as it sounds, I was hoping for damage limitation. They were at the top. We were at the yeah. bottom. We had lost loads of players. They had Lalana, uh, Lambert. They were going to get promoted. And I just thought, geez, like, just a 1-0, a 2-0. I take, don't get beat 5-0 or this. Mm. And it was just that. It was damage limitation. And then we had a good week's training. And then as we were driving into the stadium, um, I was driving down. I just remember seeing young kids of like five or old grannies, everyone swearing, throwing things. And I thought, yeah, geez, this is big because I'd played in a few derbies before but nothing like this nothing on this level mm. and I thought wow this is mad and then when we pulled up outside the ground um, Michael Appleton he put on like a motivational so we've got all their fans now all around our coach shouting swearing this and that and we just stopped dead no one got off left the door closed and he put on a motivational like video of all of us playing throughout the season and some of the good stuff that had happened to us individually um, and I think when we, we left the coach, it just lifted everyone, you know, 10 foot and come on then, th th let's do this. Let's have a right go here. Let's see what we got. And it, I think it was a master, you know, class from him at that time where we were probably all a little bit, oh, what's apprehensive to just mm. go. The fans are like their fans are making it even better for us because they're winding us up. We've got this unbelievable support from our fans. When I walked out, I just remember thinking, wow, this is, this is unreal. And then, during the game, I think we, we started well. We rode our luck a few times, in, in, and especially towards the end, but yeah. expected against, you know, what a better team. But I think if you go for battling and, and wanting to win, and I think we fully deserved, you know, at least a draw out of the game. And I just remember, like, when it was one all, and I, I remember running around to the pitch just thinking, oh, please let me be the hero. Let me be the hero. <laughs> get the winner here. Let me. Yeah. <laughs> even, even on the pitch, I even thinking back, I remember it. And then they went and scored that goal, and it was. Oh, so sickening it was so sickening and that I, I just thought so we tried to claim the offside uh, and if Vani had had a bit more hair it probably would have flicked it back out you know straight away from the goal but it's obviously <laughs> flicked straight onto him and it's not offside yeah um, and it, it was oh, you just think it's done you just think it's done it's the 91st 92nd minute no, nothing's going to happen and then you know for that to happen like I say it felt like that it felt like the winner, but something we fully deserved. And just to, when I watch it back now, like it still gives me a lump in the throat or gives me goosebumps watching it. Like, and I think, Jesus, that's not you. You can't do that. But also, I love watching the fans that. Oh, that's limbs, limbs everywhere. Yeah, oh, my God. People are falling down and jumping. <laughs> and that gives me like an unbelievable feeling of just seeing, like, oh, I made people feel like that. I did that. And, you know, that is so nice for me. But yeah, that, that's one of my, my favorite bits when it pans to them. Can, can you give us a, a bit of insight into what it's like in a dressing room running up to a derby like that? Because a lot of, a lot of well, some fans have the impression that uh, you want to have players coming through the club from the youth system because they really get what it means to have a derby, etc. Whereas obviously a lot of the, the players in the, the Pompey squad at that point were fairly new additions. So yeah. is it still fairly easy as a player coming in for, I mean, say one season, for example, at Pompey to get right on that bandwagon of the Pompey Saints uh, rivalry and get yourself completely up for that game or is it a bit more difficult if you haven't got a history with the club do you think no I mean I understand what, what they're saying especially if you've got the link I mean we had Joel Ward um, yeah. and so obviously you could see you know just what it meant to him and, and his, his family and everything And but I think if you're I felt like if that we had enough English players who knew what derbies meant in this country to make sure that we was up for that 
and and especially the position we were in, especially the way the fans have been with us throughout the season, and especially knowing just how big that derby was after the first game and then the build up to the second game. Um, and I felt that we had enough in the changing room to let everyone else know that this ain't no normal game. You've mm. got to make sure you're up for this more than anything, you know, any game you've been up for before. Oh, it's amazing. We had so many we had so many people sending um in questions and we've to incorporate some of them into, into this. But, but we've also had just floods of people messaging in just to, uh, just wanted to tell you really in person that you're a legend or um yeah. <laughs> just some other random stuff like that or like I watch this back every week to shoot yeah. me up yeah. on yeah. Facebook, you know? It's it's so, so nice. And people and literally it, watch it on their bad days to make them feel better. It's amazing. That yeah. is amazing. It's amazing for me that it's amazing like to have that in effect. But even now when they, they have um on my social media it comes up as a David Norris day that day. Yeah. <laughs> social media that. just blows up that day. My phone, <laughs> the whole day is just beep, 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 beep. And I get hundreds of like thousands of messages and retweets and follow and this and that. And it's it's unbelievable. And even I, I, I knew it was big and I knew it was important and I knew they'd been a long time since they'd lost. And I just knew in a bad season just how much it must have meant to them. But mm. It was hard to, I remember the next game, because we played on the Tuesday and I pulled into the car park and there was a few hundred, maybe a thousand or so people outside. And then when I've got out my car and everyone just started clapping and I was like, oh my God, like, you know, it was, it was surreal that, you know, it started to sink in just what it really does mean to, to, to not lose to Southampton for these people. <laughs> they all just started clapping me and, and yeah. cheering as I went into the ground. Where normally it's all quiet, you just sign a few autographs, you get in. So it was it was unbelievable, and you know to hear stuff like that and, and know just what it meant, you know, and that, that I can have that effect, you know, it's, it's 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 so nice for me. No, it's incredible, and I think it's just put put you into some a permanent Pompey folklore, isn't it? As a legend of the club, so um, and that's never going to go away. I think that's something that's that's pretty pretty powerful, really. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, they I went back to the game at Wembley. Um, they, I got offered to go back against um, Sunderland, and so I'd gone down to Wembley for that game. And yeah, we're uh, both there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, yeah. I, I got to meet and see a lot of fans because I've not had the chance to come back. They keep asking me every year, every season, will you be able to come down a game and do the draw and and, and do the corporate or hospitality bits and stuff? And just because I'm still playing, it's hard. Um, sure, to, to definitely. But uh, you know, one day it'd be. I'd love to. I'd love to get back. Amazing. Um, what was I saying? Uh, uh, Freddie, uh, one of our uh, writers, is um, wrote in as well, and he said that uh, we asked about Jason Pierce, and uh, he was club captain uh, in the season. You're at Pompey, yeah, um, and you know he's been linked to the club again now. Yeah, um, it doesn't seem to be. You know, we're not sure how it's going to go and stuff. But do you really think that Piercy and that sort of commanding presence, and do you think he'd be a, a real good addition to the locker room? At Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, if he wanted to go and stuff, but I think he'd be a great, incredible person for us to have, you know, around the squad. Yeah, perfect. Exactly the type of player I'd want with me in the trenches all day long. Come them horrible nights where you know it's not going to maybe go well or it's gonna, you're going to have to dig in. And he's that guy. He's just a, he's a winner. And I like that about him. I mean, he could be a right pain in the ass in training because he'd stop, stop kicking you, even though you're on the same team, eventually trying to tell him, <laughs> listen, we're not in a game now. Just give it some. But it's the way he is. He's aggressive. He's, he's a leader. He's a shouter. Uh, he gets people going. He keeps people going. He keeps them on their toes. Um, so if he had the chance to go back, yeah, and, uh, uh, and I'm sure he'd be a, a great addition, obviously. I, I still speak to him every now and then. I know he's had his injury issues, but 
you get him fit and, and just as a character around, because sometimes, you know, that's what it can be more about these days is when it's going bad, you, you need just a few lads to get it together and, uh, and, and go, come on, look, we're not playing well. We're not doing this. We, it doesn't matter how we get this result. We're digging. We just get the result. And I think like we had that, but we lost uh, when I was there, but we lost too many players too many yeah. people who were like that and it really did affect us doing it and we still would have ended up staying up without the points but still I feel like if you have some enough characters in your team of that ilk along with a little bit of quality you've got every chance it's just that resilience isn't it being able to just sort of stop the rot as such when you go on a, on a bad run and fight your way out of it I mean you even see it in League One this season teams like AFC Wimbledon you know everyone thought they're down and they've managed to to battle their way um, back up the leagues but yeah no yeah. that's interesting and um, you know I think Pompey fans would love to have Pierce back but I don't know what Chol- Cholton's plans are for um, for him so we'll yeah. that yeah yeah but yeah I, I agree I agree that would be a good one a good one to get back if you could you touched on there about players coming in and out and it was obviously a, a fairly uh, turbulent time at Pompey with uh, when you were down here for the season with uh, Antonov there being an arrest at warrant out for him yeah. uh, winding up petitions put out um, I went out for a friend's 21st that while you were at the club and literally I went out thinking that we wouldn't have a football club when I woke up the next afternoon. Um, yeah. And it was just, yeah, a horrible, horrible time for, for fans and I'm sure for the players and the staff as well. Yeah. But to w- what extent did that affect things behind closed doors in terms of wages and day-to-day business and also on the pitch? So did you always feel like you were kept in the loop, honestly, by... The, the people above you in, in the boardroom and were you always confident you'd actually have a club to play for next week? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think we were kept in the loop um, until it had gone into administration and from that point on, I think, you know, we were kept in the loop of everything that was going on. So we had an idea up until then, you know, there was a few rumours started escalating and then and then it broke and and then we then we was just in the dark. It felt like as as much as anyone else for 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 long periods of time. Um, obviously, our wages were up and down, being paid bit pieces here and there. So I mean, it, it, it's hard sometimes to explain that to um, you know the, the the normal person who's working and grafting hard for their living. But you know, a lot of players still live within their means, so they've still got mortgages to pay and and, and things for to sure. pay. And so once yeah, you wait sure. cut almost down to like five percent, it is going to affect you. Um, and so I think there was a few worries with off the pitch and, and being able to make sure you, you was okay off the pitch. Um, but to be fair, around the club and on the pitch, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have even known. It, it never felt, it never felt, for us to be in a relegation battle for that season, when I look back at it now, it never felt like that, you know, for mm-hmm. me. It, it, the morale was good. The lads stuck together, got together, right, we've lost another couple. Right, you, the, you come in there in, right, get them inside, make sure they're on side. And we go again. We, we, it was us against them type um, mentality. And and you know what? The fans were unreal. <clears throat> it's the one place I've never I've, I've ever been to where, you know, you you go behind and your fans start clapping and cheering and and getting and come on and getting behind you rather than moaning and groaning. And yeah, it, it was surreal. Them first few times, I, I remember scoring like get conceding a goal and then just looking around and seeing quite a few of our fans, you know, mm. start getting behind us again almost instantly from conceding and come on get let's go again let's go again and it was it was brilliant but during that season I mean we're down at the bottom all sorts is going on and their support was 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 different class I, I can't almost thank them enough for getting for helping the lads because they did as much as we ended up falling short we would have been gone without without them and and then going into that last home game and 
obviously knowing we would have been relegated, but you do that lap of honour and being relegated, you're half like embarrassed and you know you should go out and still obviously thank the fans for their support, but you're thinking, oh, this is like, it's, it's painful. You've let them down. It, it hurts. And we went out there and it was like we'd, you know, just had a comfortable season and everyone was reasonably happy. The fans cheered us out, clapped us all the way around and, and that really stuck in my in my mind and I just thought, you know, what what a bunch of fans, what a set of fans to, mm. to turn up like they do in their numbers, you know, to mm. sink, to back us like they do and now we've probably fallen short for them and they're still giving us what they're giving us, you know, it was it was brilliant. Oh, that's amazing to hear, especially considering you played with some clubs such, you know, Ipswich and Plymouth, etc. They're all really well supported clubs as well and it's, um, yeah, yeah so I know Poppy fans will, you know, want to know that as well and, and that's, um, that's great to know. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I think just because as well, I mean, obviously I've got, I, won't, I wouldn't have nothing bad to say about Plymouth fans, but when I was there, every year got better. So yeah. it's quite easy to, it's easier to support and get behind when you're doing well and there isn't yeah. almost that much to, to, to moan about. Um, Ipswich was a little bit up and down, but they would let us know when that was. Um, whereas at Portsmouth, like I say, we was in a relegation battle pretty much you know, for long periods of the season and, and, and you just wouldn't have known it. No, that's that is good. And that is interesting when you say about being in a different mindset in the sense that when things are just getting better and better, it's like in a game, isn't it? When everything gets together, a bit like you said when you were uh, playing for Bolton in that game, you just impressed and everything, everything sort of um, came together itself. But yeah, it's, yeah, but it's it's good to know as well that the lads weren't completely disheartened because you could see that on the pitch um, yeah. in that in that season. You thought, oh, you know, you know, the lads look solid and stuff. But at the back of your mind, sometimes you're just thinking, I hope they aren't, they're not suffering too much. We know you're not getting paid as well, you know, and, and I think the fans just really appreciated that. Yeah. They, I mean, I know that I, I wouldn't want to work without being paid or not being paid for what what I do, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I just design people's offices, so it's not exactly <laughs> going yeah. out. To, but still, <laughs> to, of course. It's, yeah. It's, you go to work, you get you expect to be paid, don't you? So, yeah, precisely. Yeah, massively. And then um, but also we was around the club at the time as well. And it, on the training ground where we were at that time, it's it was close-knit. So the players knew all the staff uh, and, and we'd speak to them and interact almost daily with them. You know, not just footballing staff, you know, some office staff, some behind-the-scenes staff. And, you know, they were affected. And I think, you know, as much as if you wanted to feel sorry for yourself, seeing what it meant to some people who are Portsmouth through and through, and then some of yeah. them had to leave their jobs or some of them, you know, really struggling to see their club like that. It was, it almost just brought you down to earth a bit of, yeah, it's a tough time for you, but you know what, there is people in worse positions and, you know, you've almost, you've got to respect that. Mm. No, completely. I mean, yeah, no, it's mental and it's, it's really nice to hear from, from your, your perspective of it. Um, just changing the tone a little bit, yeah. uh, John Hooper wants to know whether you're willing to come put your boots on and fire us into the championship. <laughs> I'd pay. I'd pay to play. I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> Gee, that Mark Catlin. <laughs> we know you listen anyway, mate. So yeah. here you are. <laughs> you should actually bring your boots to Pratt and Bike yeah. this time. <laughs> Just <laughs> when you do your half-time draw. Yeah. Just come out on the pitch as well. Show off what you can do. Yeah, I'd, I'd love it. Yeah. yeah, since finishing like it's... There's nothing. There's nothing like it. So, I mean, like I said, I'm still playing semi-pro now, but there's nothing like being booted up and and, and walking out in front of thousands of people and, and and doing what you love doing. So, yeah, I would give anything now to go back. Oh, that's that's incredible. I mean, I'll just just to touch on a little bit of what you're doing at the moment. Um, yeah. I know I know you um, own your own uh, personal training business. Yeah. Um, 
how did you get how did you really get into that and is that where you see yourself going now in you know forward i think so yeah i mean i was always into fitness well fitness was my as a player it was my strongest attribute you know technically i was just very steady but there was a lot better players than me in and around and who i come up against but I would just go all day. I'd run all day. I, uh, you know, I had a will to win, and fitness was a big part of my game. So I was always into it. I was always in the gym, get, trying to be stronger, trying to be fitter, and just thinking. It, it gave me confidence if I felt I could run someone almost into the ground. Mm. You know, didn't, didn't matter how good they were, I, I'd eventually get on, get on top. So I, I love my fitness, and you get to thirty yards and thirty one, and you start panicking about, wow, you know, you, time really is running out. What what are you going to do? And I didn't have yeah. no interest in staying in the game as in coaching and uh, and the football side of things. Um, and so I, I just thought, um, you know, I had a, a, a mate up here who, who was into fitness and was and was running a small gym. And I just said, look, I'm going to set something up. You run it until I finish. And then I'm going to look at stepping into it as well. And that's how it, that's how it come about. And then I started doing that once I had, um, called it a day uh, and then started doing a bit of the classes then a bit of personal training and my first thing was I had a lot of footballers off season yeah that and, makes sense yeah so during them for that first time and I was just sort of getting into it a lot of footballers were coming to me off season because I was quite fit and I think they they knew that or especially players I knew and, and football he knows obviously what, what, what we're looking what we need to be like for when we go back yeah, and, yeah. busy busy first like off season and off season the lads all They'll run on treadmills, they'll road run, they'll go in the gym and lift some weights, but they won't do specific, they're not going to take out some hurdles normally, they're not going to take out some hexes and, and, some, and, and some, you know, sprint triangles. So if that's where they come to me, where I'll do all them drills with them and get them ready to, you know, ready pretty much just preparation for them going back. That's incredible. I know that the, the sports industry, um, across different sports, I call it ice hockey, for instance, I read a lot about it, uh, write about it, but um, they've been doing sort of, you know, for the top players, I've, I've been doing these sort of like specialist sort of skill training and in the in the pre-season they do um, like, you know, heavy loads of fitness, sort of, you know, packages sort of tailored to each individual. Yeah. Is that is that the sort of thing that, you um, you know, seems to be growing, doesn't it? Do you think yeah. it's growing in the UK as well? Yeah, it is. It is. And it should be in football and should be growing a lot faster with the money in the game. You know, yeah. To, I think in football, I felt, especially while I was still playing, it was very generalised. Right, lads, all in the gym, you're all doing the same thing pretty much. Unless mm. you was injured, you'd have a bit more of a specific programme. But really, each group, a small group of players should have one person they report to to make sure they're as fit, strong and injury free as they can be with the money that's in the game and how important it is to that side of the game where sometimes you can go and train and at 10 be away by 12 mm. yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, and doing what you want and as much as like I would have been moaning like mad about it if it was if I was happening to me when I was there but, and we were doing like morning afternoon sessions it really is what should be the norm to make sure these players on you know good money and, and you know a massive part of the, you know it's a massive game it should yeah. be happening. Yeah. So it should it should be, and it might be going that way a bit more. You're seeing more and more players doing their own things or making sure they're as good and as fit and as strong as they can be. Yeah, well, no. We'll give I you think... a we'll give you a shout out on uh, on here while we're here, I guess. Uh, so if you're on Twitter and anyone is interested in getting involved with this sort of PT, 
Uh, it's yeah. at Unique Fitness Seven and at Unique Fitness Eight. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and on Instagram, David Norris PT. So that's we'll do it. a bit of free advertising. Yeah, brilliant. Come on it for yeah, it. yeah. We'll put some stuff <laughs> out that. there. Thank you guys. Um, yes, yeah, we'll put it out there. We've got on our, our Facebook, Insta, etc. All the different yeah, channels as always. So. Yeah, um, yeah, and just a, I suppose we've got a couple of just questions left, mate. Don't keep you too long. It's late, and we managed to mess it up, setting it up. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Greg wanted to know, mate. It's fine. Greg wanted to know whether um, what it was like really to go back to a club that you started at, going back to back to Boston, really after over fifteen years. And you know, was there any staff still there, or was it all changed? Yeah, no. It was it was which was such a nice surprise. There was like <laughs> six, seven, eight people. You know, all from from back when I was there the first time, and you know, it, I was so surprised. You know, I expect to see maybe one or two, but to see the the numbers that I did, and they're still going, they're still doing their volunteering, they're still going to all the games. It it was brilliant. I loved it, and it was nice for me to almost to to go back and and you know where it all started. You know, if you get a bit nostalgic about it, thinking about it now, but yeah. it all started there for me on my on my way. You know, to 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 having a you know. I, to be honest, I look back for the career I had for what I look at personally, the ability I had, I would say like I was punching top end, you know, I was probably just slightly overachieving. So when I look back at the career I had, where it started and then to go back there after and, and look back and think, yeah, you know, like I can't really complain. I've had a I've really enjoyed my career and it was like a, it, it was a nice way almost to finish to, to finish it off a bit. Mm. No, no, that's cool. I feel like sometimes as well, you've then got to that stage where you've gone round on this incredible journey and you've come back to that place you started yeah. and you just sort of, I don't know, it gives you a sort of a platform to go on and do the next thing we just spoke yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. How it felt, yeah, no, I agree. Um, we've got uh, one quick one from Tony. Uh, this might be a very short answer. Uh, he's interested in knowing whether Ricardo Rocha ever told you whether he meant to kick the ball into Southampton fans or not, whether it was an accident. That's a bit another iconic moment from that game, I guess, <laughs> yeah. for Comfy fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any insider information on whether or not that was intentional? <laughs> I, I think it's clear to see what's going on there, yeah. But you know what? Another thing that, you know, that riled them the day on that day, you know, mm. if... Um, give Lallana a little slap he, he got their players riled and just threw them off maybe slightly got their fans riled up and you know and it was just because he wanted he wanted to it, what it meant to him as well you know yeah. he, he wanted to win he didn't want to lose he was angry he was aggressive and you know maybe he got lucky he could, probably got lucky with it but you know what I, I take him all day and my team on a game like that at, you know being that way and, and, and wanting to win that much that it probably boils over but that's the that's the sort of per person and player and he was a great guy he was he, he was a really good guy and uh, we still have the odd messages to each other now um but but he loved the club as well you know he used to take he, he was one in the change room who would be pushing and making sure you know we knew more about what it was what what things meant than yeah. just, you know game of football and stuff so and yeah, Ricardo, he's, clearly he's, he's another person like yourself that sort of said that they're happy to do any of this sort of thing with us if we want to send any questions across. So he still, as you say, takes an interest. He was down at the club. Was it was it this season just gone, Hugh? He came down. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's, was, and he still tweets about the club, obviously yeah, cares does, about the results. Does. It's yeah. just good to see. Yeah, I think it's one of them places. I think it just, if if you buy into it, it gets into you. And, and like I said, I've only been there a year. All the other clubs that I mentioned before that I, was, I feel like I do have an affiliation with, I was there for five and a half years, three and a half mm. years. I was only at Portsmouth for one season. But it did, it just one of them where it did, maybe even, you know, the goal obviously helps. But separate to that, I just think that experience of 
what that I had there just you know got got into me like I I I, 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 I love the place I love going back there. I love what the fans did I love how they made me feel I love looking back on that despite being relegated with with you know fondness mm. amazing um this is a good one for you mate Stephen Burton asked us uh, to ask you it's a long way of saying it um, <laughs> <laughs> um who's the best goalkeeper you've ever played against and and with as well Oh, I know why he does that because he plays in them charity games with me. So he wants me does to he? say, "Yeah, he wants me to say him." Yeah. <laughs> <That's laughs> Absolutely rumbled. <laughs> so I have to play in a few charity games now, and uh, yeah. he plays in that same team. So he wants, he's desperate for me to say him. So I'll have to say him. But um, I've played with, with with some good ones, and and to be fair, I mean that season and especially that game, I'm going to mention Jamie Ashdown because in that game. He produced some unbelievable saves. I mean, I managed, you know, I took the plot, you know, a lot of credit for the goal and the way it came about. But in that game, Chris McGuire scores an absolute worldie and doesn't get yeah. that mention. Yeah. His goal yeah. is it's yeah. incredible. It's yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And then also, Jamie Ashdown, like, if you look, watch back some of the highlights of it, he produces four or five, like, top, top class saves that, you know, kept us in it. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to Steve. He, he, I know that's question. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> mate, you're an absolute top fan. I love that. You've just outdone Jamie Ashdown. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can put that now. You can put it on his Twitter <laughs> handle or something. <laughs> <laughs> Little quote: David Norris, best goalkeeper I've played against. <laughs> uh, oh, Jack also wondered uh, outfield players. Who's the best you've played against? Who's the best player you've played against? Um, well, I. To be honest, it's probably there's there's been a few, but I mean I played against we managed to get some good cup draws because I never played at the top level, so I managed to play against Premier League teams, but in you know getting good cup draws and yeah, I'd say probably you know uh, Frank Lampard because I think some of the others I played against on the day they they might not have had their best game, but on the actual day I remember thinking he just he just runs he gets into the right place at the right time you know it, it, there isn't much he's not a skill player there's not much more to him. Then when I remember playing against him and his quickness of thinking and his mind, and I just remember thinking, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stay with him and then I'm going to keep running off him. And he's like probably thinking, yeah, good one. you got no chance. And when I played against him, he would do just five-yard movements where I'd, I'd be looking at where's he got, what, where's he gone over my shoulder. He's chucked, he's come back, he's got the ball. I've ran off thinking he's made a run. And I just remember leaving thinking, no, that's clever. No, that's, that's the difference. That's mm. the difference. You know, do you think it's 1%? Yeah, do you, think, that, that do you think that minds why he's got on to be such a successful manager, really, and then go on to to now he's be announced as the Chelsea manager, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And he's another winner, isn't he? Is um that if if you read about his you know upbringing and the way he's got to where he's got, it's mainly through pure graft. He used to be the last one off the training ground. Uh, he used to call him Fat Frank, so he grafted and made sure he was fit and strong as anything. And he's he he, he might not have been technically the best at the start but he's made himself that player because of because he's will to win and you know he, he's had an unbelievable career and you know he's, he started off well in management yeah so any kids out there listening work at it yeah yeah, yeah which is, yeah which is it's the same for the the top players like Chris, even Cristiano Ronaldo was a top player like you can see he had a bit but he, it was like he kicked on from that first player who came to United to where he eventually went that didn't just happen he was a bit of a diver. He would be a bit too greedy. He was releasing the ball at the wrong time. He had quick mm. feet, but would overdo it. And he and he just kept working at his game, working at his physique. Obviously, he, he, he was injury free. 
uh, for a lot of it. And he just just sheer graft, wanting he's, to be making sure he was. He's a unit, isn't he? Now, so yeah. um, if you want to look like Ronaldo, any players out there need a bit of fitness? Yeah. Give David a, a shout out. I'll point to a surgeon. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Ronaldo's going to be lagging yeah. behind you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's a he's a machine. Uh, we've got, uh, I guess, one more question we'll ask you, and then we'll let you get on uh, get on with your evening. Uh, what your predictions are? We're going to put you on the spot, I guess, for for League One this season. You've obviously got an affiliation with probably about a quarter of the league. <laughs> if you oh, look yeah. at <laughs> what you got: Bolton, Plymouth, Ipswich, Pompey, Peterborough. Just going down your list um, of former clubs. Plymouth so relegated. You've got a oh oh yeah not Plymouth uh, oops <laughs> oh, that, would have been, that would have been another one had they stayed yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so without offending fans of any of those teams uh, what what's your shout for for League One this year you know what I, I don't I don't even know is is that is that is it that bigger league now with the teams even the, 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 some that you just mentioned there like there's some big big teams in it and. It's too hard to call. I mean, there's some when we had a like Sunderland. To be honest, um, they should never have been in. You know the the, the budget and the, the the wages they'll be paying out, and uh, you know there's some there'll be some big big teams and a lot of pressure for for that top end team. So I think if they get the right manager, right recruitment, um, any of the teams that I used to play for, particularly I'd say maybe Portsmouth, Ipswich should be up there. You'd like to think. Um, should have a chance. Who knows with Bolton? I think they could potentially struggle just with. They're, I think they're going to have the points deduction, um, yeah. and and they're all over the place at the moment. So I, I can't see them, you know, d- doing too much. Um, but yeah, I think this season you'd ex- it will be most. I can't see too many surprises to be honest. I expect the bigger teams to to dominate this year. They've had their, even the ones that have been down there. For the for the season or two now that you'd expect him now this is this is where they'll have to they have to switch it up. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And um, yeah, that's good analysis, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to back up my sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nice, mate. Well, again, David, thanks again for being on on the podcast. It's been really fun. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, no problem. Any anytime, anytime, and hopefully, like I say, next season I'll try and get down, um, down for a game. Yeah, and if if you if you do, give us a shout. We'll, we'll do. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Awesome. Yeah. All right, cheers again. Hey, no, guys. Take it easy. Thanks a lot. Cheers. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now, available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!